Ho, ho, ho. It's that time of year, everybody. You know what's coming now. It is the Christmas season. Make some noise. From Elizabeth, New Jersey to Hollis, Queens, you know what time it is. It's the Christmas season, and it's going down. How many of you, this is your favorite time of the year? Oh, that's right, that's right. Now, I know everyone loves the different aspects of Christmas. You love the presents. Who loves the presents? Come on, who loves the presents? That's right, you love the presents. Who loves the the family time, getting together? Who loves that time? That's right, that's right. And who likes the time where even with the family you get to see relatives that you never see the whole year? And you know why. That's right. One person raised their hand. Very honest, church, very honest. And, of course, there's other aspects of the Christmas season, too. Who here, now I'm just just, uh, asking, who here, now when I say you like this, I mean this is the thing you look forward to the most out of the Christmas time season. Who here looks forward the most and you love the decorating? Okay. Now, of course, you know, it's, now there's, there's levels to that, though, everyone. There's levels to decorating. And all you got to do to see the levels of decorating is drive down the street. Because you see person A, and you're like, wow, that's amazing. Look at, oh, it's just so elaborate. The lights, there's like statues and inflatables. And then you look at person B, you tried. You tried. But we love the Christmas season. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. It's a, as the song says, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Right? And we love this time because it's a big time of thinking, if you think about it. It's a big time of introspection. So as we go through the Christmas season, there's a lot of things that get revealed. All right? There's a lot of things that get revealed in terms of just our own lives. And there's a lot of things that get revealed about the nature of God. Because this is one of the big ones, right? We really have big two in terms of, like, the seasons that it, for holidays, right? We have Christmas season, and we have the Easter season. That's, like, the big two, right? I mean, there's, of course, different things sprinkled around here and there. But if you kind of narrow it down, those are the big ones, right? Birth, resurrection, got it, all right? Those are the two ones. So when the Christmas time, it gets people thinking. Now, you've got to realize something, is that during this time of year, literally billions of people around the world are going to be thinking about Jesus, Billions of people are going to be thinking about Jesus. Billions of people are going to see artistic depictions of Jesus. And they're going to start thinking. And people who never really cared much for this during the year, they'll start thinking about it as well. They'll start thinking about what Christmas means, what it's all about. And yes, I know the the decorating and the food and the family time. That's all good stuff too. But they're going to think about, like, what's this really about now? And a lot of people will come into a church building for the first time in the whole year during this time as well. And they too will start thinking about what this season, what this holiday is supposed to entail. Now here, this year, we are focusing on the Advent now, Advent is a really interesting season within the Christmas time itself. Advent is the time where we are looking forward to the day, the day of Jesus' birth. Now, as you saw here before, we have these wonderful candles right here, and we have four of them because there's four stations of Advent. We have hope, we have peace, we have joy, and we have love. So this is great things that we celebrate, and those words, they match up with the Christmas holiday, don't they? Those words match up. People think about these words during this time. But what we're going to do here this year is something a little different. See, we're going to look at those words week by week until we get to Christmas Day. We're going to look at each word and carefully examine what each word is, but we're also going to talk about the B-side. You see, 
Every one of those words are great words, fantastic words. But there's a B-side. There's another part to it. There's another side of the coin, if you will. And we have to talk about that too, because as great as Christmas might be, we have to admit as well, for some people, and maybe for some of us right here, it's not the most wonderful time of the year. It's the toughest time of the year. Because it's the end of the year, and as you reflect on this past year, 2019, you might have some regrets. If you look back at this time, there might have been some suffering you've had this past year. And we want to recognize that too. And we want to talk about that, because if we don't talk about it, it's just sweeping under the rug until next year. And then sweep under the rug again until the year after that. And next thing you know, the holiday ain't so jolly, isn't it? It's not. So when we want to talk about these things, we want to make sure we understand what the real in-depth meaning of the Advent season is. And that's why this series that we're going to go through this month is called The Messy Christmas. Now, when I say The Messy Christmas, I don't mean like the tree fell over, all right? When I say The Messy Christmas, I'm not talking about like, you know, your in-law came like a day early when you didn't want them to. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about the real stuff that's inside us. That we have joy and love, but there's also other things that we have, too, that run counter to that. And we have to address those things, too. Because if we don't, this season, I don't know, just, it just won't be that jolly. But it also will miss the whole meaning of how God himself, God himself, grafted himself to his own creation by becoming us. He became one of us. And he experienced these things as well. So what we're going to start with today is hope. Everybody say hope. hope. Turn to your neighbor and say, have hope. Now when we talk about this hope, we have to realize a few, few careful things about this word hope, right? Now this word hope, when I say hope, I'm not talking about what we would generally call optimism. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about optimism. I'm not talking about keeping a positive perspective. You know, hey, it might work out. It might go in your favor. It might not. You know, that's the breaks, kid. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about that. See, hope is something that's really, really deep. And hope is something that can really affect our lives. Because with hope, there's some other things that come with it as well. And we hope in a lot of things. There's plenty of things we don't know, but there's plenty of things that we hope for. But what we have to determine to today is whether or not our hope is put in the right place. Whether or not the thing that we hope in is worth it. Or as we like to say here in this area of the country, we want to make sure that our hope is not for nothing. We want to make sure that our hope is worth it. So let's think about what this word hope means. So if I say the word hope to you, what does that word mean? Just shout it out. What does that word mean? Hope. Yeah. Say it again. Yeah. Okay, say it again. So what's hope? Joy? What's hope? Balcony, help me out. What's hope? What does it mean? What does it mean to hope for something? To wish? Wish? Okay, what does it else mean? What, what else? So we have wish, we have joy, faith. Okay, that's all things with hope. Okay, well here's, here's let me give you the original language of the word hope. So as you know, the Bible originally was written in different languages, not the English language. That came much, 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 much later. But it's important to know what these words actually meant to the people who wrote them in their language because, as some of us know, is languages have certain nuances. There's certain things that affect different meaning. So if you've ever done translating or interpreting, you know what that's like. There's some things you can't explain quite in the same language. It doesn't quite match up, so you have to kind of say other things to get through it. That's the way, the way language goes. So it's important when we're studying the scriptures to think about what does this word mean? What does it really mean? So the word hope 
is this word. I'm going to teach you this word right now. Is kava. Everybody say it. Kava. One more time. Kava. So this word hope, original language is kava. And what this word means, what this word means, kava, is it means to stretch a cord. What? Exactly. To stretch a cord. It means to stretch something. So this rope here, this is where the word comes from. So the idea is that kava is this idea of stretching. Stretching, stretching, pulling, 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 pulling until there's release. Stretching, stretching, stretching until it's over. And that's what hope is kind of like. Think about it. Hope, it's that anticipation. It's that waiting for that release. And as you hope, you wait, you wait, you wait, because but when you do that, you feel the pull, the pull, the pull, the pull, the pull, the pull, the pull. Now, this is a pretty strong rope, I have to say. And, uh, you know, me pulling it doesn't really show you the justice of, of that, that pull, that, that constant pulling and pulling and pulling. So what I want to do here is I want to see if we can pull this rope until it's absolutely just so taut and just so pulling and pulling. And so I, I asked a, a brother here, I asked a brother here to help me out. So uh, I'm going to uh, have him come out now. Can you all welcome Anthony? Anthony, come out. Come out, my man. Come out. Come on. Come on. Come on. There you go. Just wave to the people. Hey, what's up? What's up like that? Now, um, now what we're going to do here is, uh, I, know I, I know I asked you this about like probably like 20 minutes ago to do this, but just, you know, you'll be all right, I hope. So um, what you're going to do is you're going to compete in a game of tug of war. Okay? Okay? Now, I have to warn you, though, about your opponent. See, your opponent is actually more than one. It's actually opponents, okay? So these opponents are these, they're very competitive, okay? They want to win. I'm, I'm, they want, he said it ain't going to happen. They, I'm telling you, they want to win. And if they don't win, it's going to be trouble for a lot of other people. Okay. All right? So I'm going to leave this here real quick, and we're going to introduce... The opponents. Are you guys ready to meet the opponents here? All right. So this opponent, I'm telling you, if they lose, it's going to be rough for some of us in this room. And they are very hardcore competitive, more so than our beloved Dr. D. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. So here they come, making their way down the aisle at a combined weight of uh, 150 pounds. Stuff like that. Here they come. It is pre-K of Bridge Youth Sunday. Don't be scared. Here they come. Oh yeah, they're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Go this way, buddy. Don't back out now. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. All right, guys. You know how this works. You have this group of people right here. This, 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 look, look how fierce they are. Look how passionate they are. They are ready to throw down. Are you ready? I don't think 
Okay, yeah. I told you, don't back out now, bro. Okay? So, here's the deal, children. You have to pull with all your muscles. Okay? When I let go of this, you have to pull. And you better pull with all your muscle. I don't think so. I'll try. I'll try. I would say do your best, but that'd be better than that. I mean, look. All right, ready? Okay, here we go, everyone. Let's get a countdown from three. Three, two, one, pull! You tried. You tried. You tried. It was a heck of an effort. Good job, sir. Let's give it up for Anthony real quick. And let's give it up for our wonderful children. Ah. Good job, guys. Good job, guys. Whew, they won. Oh, my goodness. Parents, I... If they lost, I know, you were, you were like, they better win, Elliot, come on, because if they don't, I'm going to hear about this all day. <sighs> I know. But they won, though. We survived. We won. Nobody got hurt. So we're good with that. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. See, but that's what it's like, though, if you think about it with hope. It's a constant pulling. Like, really think about it. It's a constant pulling. I mean, have you ever waited a long time for something? I mean, really waited a long, long, lengthy time to the point where it challenged your entire intention for waiting at all. Have you ever waited like that? I mean, think about it. Think about it personally. Things that you've hoped for, that you've waited for, it can get really tough. And that's why you have a, a fill-in, a bulletin in your bulletin here. It's a separate sheet. So we can fill in some information as we go along. Because the first thing we have to realize about hope is that in hope, there is tension. There's waiting. There's expectation. Hope. You wait and you wait like that cord just pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and that tension and you hope that one day, someday, there's going to be that release. That someday it's going to be that pulling, 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 pulling will be worth it. But who do we place this hope in? See, that's the real question. Who do we place this hope in? We, as the people of God Almighty, are claiming that we must place our hope in God alone. In God alone. And we here, we are saying that placing your hope in God alone, that God will act in mighty, strong power. That God will do things that will blow your mind. That you wouldn't even realize or be able to conceive of because God is God. Because he's almighty, he's strong, and he's just everything. And we believe that. But let's be honest. It's easy to say that on a Sunday morning. What about disappointment? What about that feeling of being defeated? What about that feeling of, I'm just giving up hope? It's not going to change. They're not going to change. I'm sick of waiting. It's been years. Now, I think that there's plenty of us in this room and watching that have experienced that as well. That frustration of hope. 
that disappointment of hope because we just, we're, we're, it's just too, it's taking too long. And sometimes, if we're honest with ourselves, we start to doubt. We start to doubt in certain things. And this is something that you can find throughout all the scriptures. In fact, I'll give you one right now. Proverbs 13, 12. A hope deferred makes the heart sick. Sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. But how many of us have really felt that before? Really felt that, that, that sick feeling of hope where it's just like, ah, I just don't know anymore. Now, how many of us have failed in our own efforts too? How many of us have failed in trying to do something that we thought was good, but it didn't work out, and it makes us doubt certain things? Now, when I say doubt certain things, I'm not talking about doubting that God exists. I'm not doubting that God is there. But what you might be doubting is his character. What you might be frustrated with is God's heart. And what I mean by that is this, is you had an expectation but it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to go. You had a hope, but then when the moment came, at least you thought the moment was there, it didn't happen. But we have to be really careful now, don't we? Because there's a lot of times where we are hoping and waiting, but we're waiting for the way we want it to be. That's dangerous. That's very dangerous. Because in that waiting and that waiting and that frustration and that disappointment, we can start to doubt that God is good. We can start to doubt that he's for us. We can start to doubt that he even cares. Why did you lead me to this, God? I thought you were supposed to protect me. I thought you were supposed to be there for me. I don't feel your presence. We just sang a song about that. I don't feel you near me, God. I feel like I'm going it alone. What's up with that? And a lot of times during the Christmas season, we can experience that as well. So how do we do this hope thing anyway? How do we really get down to the nitty-gritty of hoping in something? Well, here's the deal, everyone. Hoping is based on the thing that sometimes we struggle with the most. It's based on God's character. It's based on who he is. And that's, a lot of times, that's all we have to go on. That's all we have to do as all we have to, that we can, can bank on is God's character and his promises and his nature that he is good. And if we're honest with ourselves, that's very frustrating from time to time. I mean, I can remember times in my own life where I'm just thinking to myself, you know, God, I, I thought this was going to go this way, but then it's not. And I don't really know, God, if this is the way that you had planned it. But then I have to think to myself, am I trusting that God is good? You know, in the midst of a tragedy that I had uh, one time, a friend of mine said that to me, and this really blew my mind. Um, you know, I, I shared this, this, this big issue I was going through, and I, just, I was so heartbroken. And I said to, and I was just, you know, venting, you know, venting, you know, venting about it to a friend and stuff like that. And um, he was quiet. He listened. Very helpful, by the way. He was quiet. He listened. And he just uh, he spoke to me. He said, well, Elliot, in times like this, you just got to believe that God's good. You just have to. Because that's all you got. That's all you can place your hope in. That's all it can ever be sometimes. And it might not turn out the way we see it, 
or the way we want to see it. But we have to believe in God's character, that he's good. Because to hope is to trust. And to trust is to know. The only way we can have this hope in God is to trust him. But the only way we can trust in God is to know him, is to know who he is. You know, C.S. Lewis, a very popular writer, Christian writer, he wrote the Chronicles of Narnia series, wrote a lot of different books that I definitely recommend to you to read. You know, he said something so interesting one time, and I, and I really took this to heart in, in terms of knowing God. He said, I don't want my version of God. I want God. I want to know him. I want to know him, and I want to know him in ways where it's real. I want to know him in ways that it's not what I think it should be, but it's what it really is in his character and his heart and who he has made me to be. Because to know God and to come to know him is also to be known by him. See, as we come to know God deeper and deeper and deeper in our lives, we get to know what's in our own heart. We get to know what's in us. We get to know what, is, what we're struggling with because he reveals it to us. But as we learn more about him, we take on his nature and we realize something, that God is good. And he's good, as we like to say in church, all the time. God is good all the time. But life isn't. People betray us. People hurt us. We fail our own standards sometimes. We do what we know we shouldn't be doing. And it's a tough thing. It's so hard. But we got to realize something is that as, as godly people, you need to put your hope in God. You can't put it in other things. And this is something that we struggle with, whether we claim to be in Christ or not. We struggle with these things because there are so many other things we could put our hope in. So many other things that we could put our hope in. And if this thing were to work out, then my life would be grand. My life would be great. That certain job, that relationship. And there's a lot of things we put our hope in. But I'm telling you this, you got to put your hope in God. Now, it's easy for me to say something like, put your hope in God, don't put your hope in man. But let me tell you this, put your hope in God that God will put right people in your life. Put your hope in God that he will place you where you need to be in your career. Put your hope in God that that person that you want to spend the rest of your life with will be provided by him. You need to put your hope in God and God alone, not anything else. And I know sometimes we like to, you know, we say we, say we got to, you know, pray for things and pray for that. Yes, but you have to know God's heart. You have to know who he is. As you pray, you have to know what his heart is all about and put your hope in him only. And I can't stress that enough. Only. Say only. You have to put it there because God alone is the one who is so good. He's so good. And he gives good things to those who ask him. Because he's for us. He's for you. And he wants to be the number one thing in your life that you place your hope in. Church, there's a lot of ways we can get distracted. A lot of ways. We put our hope in so many other things. And it's really something that I think about. I'm like, how does God see that? You know, we put our hope in our government. They let us down. We put hope in the latest Christian celebrity. We'll see how that goes. But the thing is that we have to know God truly because there's many people, and I'm sure you know, who have walked away from God because they felt like their hope 
was for nothing. They felt like their hope was just waiting, 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 and they were like, I'm sick of this. I can't do this anymore. What's God actually going to do for me? But it's funny because I know people who have waited longer and longer and longer for God to come through, and he has because they put their hope in him and not in their own patience. They put their hope in him and not in somebody else. See, this hope is a tough thing, but we have to realize it's worth it. Now, how do you hope for something that you can't see and something that you don't know is going to actually happen? Well, here's a paradox for you. The way you hope for the future is by looking to the past. That sounds like a paradox, right? The way you hope to the future is looking to the past because what you need to look at in the past is how God has been faithful. He's been faithful to you. You look at, you look, hope is for the future, but it's based on God's faithfulness in the past. So you got to think about this. What has God done in your life? I mean, really, what has God done in your life? I remind myself day in and day out personally that I have nothing except for what God has given me. It's something I constantly remind myself that I don't have a home, I don't have a spouse, I don't have children, I don't have a career, I don't have this church, I don't have anything except for what God has given me. I don't have anything else. Now I could say that, you know, I did this or I did that. I can look back and say, well, I did this, I did that, and it's my own accomplishments. But the truth is, everybody, is as you walk with God, you realize something when you look at the past, don't you? You realize that he was there. You realize that he helped you through that night you cried in your bed. You realize that he was there when your parents were arguing. You realize that when you failed at that goal, he was right beside you, guiding you in that time. He kept you safe. He kept you in the palm of his hand. But you have to look back because what God has done in the past is just a setup for the next thing he's going to do in the future. What God has done previously is his track record. And you put your hope in him because he has not failed you. People have. Opportunities have come and gone. But God Almighty has not failed you. But to do that, you need to look back in your life. You need to look back at what God has done. Because everybody here has a testimony. Now, whether it's your first time here or not, there's ways that you can look back at your life and think that was God. That God protected you. That God helped you. That God comforted you. Because that's who he is. Because, like we said before, you trust in his character that he is good. Good. All the time. And because he's good, you put your hope in him because he's good. So let's take a look at some scriptures regarding this. Psalm 75, sorry, 71, verse 5. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. How many of you have been following God since you were a youth? Raise your hand. You've been following God since you were a youth in your youth years. And guess what? You're still here, aren't you? You're still here because God has proven faithful to you, and you put your hope in him. Psalm 71, verse 14. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. See, because you got to celebrate those past things that God has done. 
You've got to make time in your schedule to celebrate what God has done. And you've got to honor that with hoping in him for the future. Psalm 33, 18. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Psalm 33, 20. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. He protected you. Psalm 33:22. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Now, I put these psalms on the bottom here, so this is for you to take home. You can re- research this, take a look, print it out, paste it on wherever you got to go uh, during the day. Now, we know hope isn't easy, but our hope is worth it if we put our hope in God and God alone because he will provide. A couple others I'll give, it, give to you right now is Psalm 39, verse 7. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. Psalm 42, verse 5. This is a popular one, by the way. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You have to have that conversation with yourself sometimes. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I so frustrated and disappointed? Why is my soul, my whole life just looking down? Because God is saying, look to me and put your hope in me because I won't let you down. I will guide you and guard you and protect you. Put your hand in my hand and I will guide you along through every circumstance. Now this is a message for all of us. It's because as we go through life stages, things change, don't they? You know, it's something that I know sometimes we, we think about, you know, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. But listen, life changes. Circumstances changes. People come into our lives, and they challenge this very nature, this very nature of hope. They challenge this very idea of, of putting hope in God because sometimes these circumstances are overwhelming, and we're in over our head, and that cord is stretching too much. But that's why through all of life's circumstances and all of our age brackets, we have to put our hope in God no matter what. And no matter how long it might take. Now, I can talk about this forever and ever, but I, wanted to, I want you guys to hear from one of our own in here. I want uh, you guys to listen to this testimony that's about to go down right now. Now, this, uh, let me just introduce you to uh, the people you're about to see here, all right? Now, this is a couple. It's a married couple. And uh, as I was preparing this message, I was like, man, we've got, uh, we got to have, like, some type of, like, hope testimony going on. Like, someone's got to share, like, how, how they've, like, kept hope alive in their life. So I was like, man, who could it be? And then this, and this couple came to mind. I was like, yes, this is perfect. This is perfect. Yes, this is going to be the ones that can share. Um, their story is something that's really interesting. And it's a story of hope. But it's not hope in the other person. It really is hope in God. So would you just welcome everybody, one of our own, our own family here. Would you just welcome to the space right here, uh, Phil and Diane Costanza. Come on, have a seat, guys. We're going to do a little interview segment now. There we go. Let me grab a microphone. Should probably grab it. Yeah, there you go. Just grab that one right there. There we go. All right. Yeah. Oh, so she's gonna do the talking. All right. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's good. So, um, welcome to the show, everybody. So, um, <laughs> good morning, everybody. So, real quick, how long have you been married? Thirty-three years. 
You want to know how old I am? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's true. So um, now you've been married for 33 years. So um, I know there's been a lot of uh, different things that have happened in those 33 years. So can you tell us, um, as you've been married these 33 years, what has something that you guys have had to face, uh, like something that you struggled with that you had to face in your marriage? First of all, I was a very serving guy, and he wasn't. So was right there was a struggle because um, I went to church, and he would not want anything to do with God. So right there, I had to keep my faith, try to keep my family together, and not let him take me out of God's way, bringing me to the Word, but I had to pray and try to get him to come to the Lord. Now, was it, how difficult was that? And I remember was very hard. Um, a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting. And I had also people that pray with me. Now, was it, how difficult was that? And why were you resistant to it, Phil? I was a world, worldly guy, as, as we would put it in our terms. Um, I was out there for the quick fix, the quick little piece of happiness, doing everything the wrong way, knowing that I feel good now, but in the long run, you never felt good about it because then the guilt came in and whatever. Most of the guys here know, know my testimony. Um, I wasn't the best husband. No, check that. I was the worst husband. I wasn't the best father. But if you wanted to go have a good time, I was the guy to see. But through her prayers and through God, here I am. Best time of my life. Going through that process, was there times where you felt like giving up? Yes. A lot of the times I just wanted to quit because all my prayers. It's like I used to pray so much and sometimes I didn't see God working right the way I wanted him to work. And it felt like the more I pray, the worse was getting. So I just wanted to quit, but God was so faithful to me that he always sent someone to tell me not to quit. Don't leave your husband. Don't leave your home. Because if you leave, you know, he's, gonna, he's not going to come to Jesus. He, he's not going to know what God has for him. So people always came up to me and say, you know, you've got to continue. You've got to fight. You've got to pray. And also they would deal with me, praying and helping me, don't, you know, encouraging me. That's why I quit, because God is faithful. Amen, amen, amen. So now tell us about when you saw the hope come alive. When was the moment? How did it go? How did you feel when, you know, that cord was stretched, 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 but finally there was the moment for Phil to know God? When I stopped looking at my husband and looking at God, when I didn't, I 
told myself, that's it. The Lord said, because I used to invite him to go to church all the time, and he always said no to me. So I prayed to God, and I said, I don't know what to do. And the Lord said, don't ask him anymore. You serve me. And that's when I stopped looking at him, his faults and everything, and I put God first in my life. I pray, I, I fast, I did what I had to do, and whatever God put it in my heart, I was doing. And my friends say, oh, we're going to have a prayer in this house today, I was there. If we have prayer at night, I was there. You know, I, I just put God first in my life. Amen, amen. So that, that moment must have been, I mean, you just, I mean, your hallelujah must have been, like, amazing, because... You know, finally, you saw what God was doing. And even though it was up and down, up and down, up and down, God was there. God was there. So what would you say then, if, if there's a couple here or watching, and they're going through similar circumstances to what you guys have gone through, what would you say to them about hope? I'll tell, him, I'll tell them, don't give up on your marriage. Don't stop praying for your husband or your wife. But encourage them. Put God first in your life. Stop looking at their fault. And look at a God that could change their life. Could change your situation. Stop talking that negative to your, to your family. And start speaking life into your situation. Amen. Phil? When... Two people get married, do you, it's like it says, two become one. And you got to remember that when you're going through your life as one. Like they say, the woman demands the head, the woman's the neck. You got to take into consideration your other half, your better half, the reasonable half, the person that's there behind you thinking about you, whether it's the husband or the wife. You got to take it into the consideration what they believe, what they need. And if they just need to say, hey baby, I love you, that's, that's all it's meant to be. You, to, to, to know that they love you, that you're thinking of them, that I call it the little awe moments. You know, when you're done eating, you pick up the plate and put the plate in the sink and say, here, take that. And the wife or the husband will say, oh, thanks. That kind of thing. That's, you know, I tell her all the time, I'm going to spend the rest of my life making up to her for all the stuff I used to do. I, I think it's just so beautiful that you guys are, you know, willing to share this because you know, we, there's so many people, I think, in all of our lives that we, you know, we want them to know God. And sometimes we, we just think, like, it's not worth it. Like, they're not going to listen. Like, who cares anymore? You know, I'm just going to do my own thing or something like that. And we kind of forsake those people in our lives as well. Uh, but it's interesting because some of those people in our lives are close to us, are very close to us. But, you know, you're, what you said, Diane, is so powerful because even when you felt like giving up, you looked to God. You look to him and him only and not to other things as well. So thank you guys so much for your testimony. And uh, let's give it up one more time.
Hope is alive. Hope is alive. For years and years and years and centuries, people waited for God to make a move. For God to fully make a move. And he did. And that's what this Christmas season is about. God was born in the person of Jesus Christ. He became one of us. And in him is our hope. Because he knows us. He knows how we are. He knows our faults. He knows our issues. And guess what God does despite all of that that's in us? He has a lot of hope in you. He has a ton of hope in you. Like the Apostle Paul said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. See, we can be agents of hope just like how our sister Diane was. We had to be the people who are hopeful, who are so filled with hope because we know God. And there's a world out there, there's family members, friends, coworkers, etc., spouses. They need to know God. And we need to be the ones to not give up. We need to be the ones to be out in our places of work, in our families, and be the one that despite all the circumstances, you're not giving up hope because you know that God is faithful. Because he's been faithful to you in your life, so you can't give up hope. He's been faithful. How can you give up hope? He's done so much for us. But we have to know him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And he is good all the time. Now, if you are here today and you came to church for the Christmas season, thank you so much, glad you're here. And you want to know God. You want to really know who he is and what he's all about. I'm going to have the pastors come forward, the pastors and elders. If you could come forward, please, pastors and elders. You guys could come forward. I'm going to have them come forward here. And they're going to form a line here facing you. Because what you see before you in our pastors and elders, what you see here is you see people who know God's faithfulness, who knows God's faithfulness, and God has worked in their lives too. So you see these people before you, and they, they've suffered disappointment. They've suffered frustration. They've suffered everything that we do, that everything anybody else does. But they haven't given up hope because they know God. And if you want to know God, all you got to do right now is come forward. And if you feel like you've been here for a long time, or you feel like you're so disappointed and you're so frustrated, it's just not working out, you need to come up here too. You need to come forward right now. And our pastors and elders here, they'll guide you to put your hope in God. Let this be a new day for you. I know there's been a lot of frustration. I know people have hurt you. I know you've been so annoyed and you feel like giving up. But now is the day right now to put your hope in God. You heard from our sister before. She felt like giving up. But what did she do? She looked to him. And there's a familiar scripture. And I love this one. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful moment. A beautiful time. And it's just a, just a beautiful scripture here. And you might know it. And it goes like this. Do you not know? Or have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, 
the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding, no one can even fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not be faint. That's a promise. And that promise only comes from knowing God. From knowing that he is good and he's worth it to put your hope in. So as we pray right now, and if you, if you feel like you need some more hope, in your life. If you feel like you need a little bit more trust in God and you want to renew that, we're going to sing a song now. Sister here, Leslie, is going to sing a song for us. And let this song minister to you, but let this also be your moment right now. Stand where you are. Open your arms. Open your life. Bear your heart to God right now. I know you've been frustrated. I know you've been disappointed. I know you're at your last wit's end. But God is good. And there's a testimony that you have. So in this song here, let's bear our hearts to him, trusting that he is good. There is some serious spiritual battle going on here. Because there's people who have walked in that feel like they're on their last legs. And the hope that you have is stretched so thin that you feel like giving up. It's time to renew your strength in God. It's time to put your hand in the hand of the man who walked on water. It's time that you stop looking at the issues and look to God. You need to look to him that he is good, that his love endures forever, that in this Christmas season, he is here. He's one of us. He knows. But do you know him? Do you truly know him? You know, Diane said that when she felt like giving up, There were other people that gathered around her and encouraged her. They pointed her to him. And there's marriages that are just on the rocks. There's families that are on the rocks. But we need to renew our hope in God alone. You might have people in your life that are saying things like, leave him, leave her, it's not worth it. All of us need to put our hope in God because he knows. And there has to be somebody, somebody who's going to take on this mission to bring hope to this world. There's got to be somebody who's going to be the one to not give up when everyone else does. That in the midst of all disaster, that person points everyone to God. Look to him because 
he's been faithful in the past. He's got a track record. He's a winner. And now we're looking forward with that as our foundation. Hope is alive. And hope is in him. Let's pray. God Almighty. God Almighty, thank you so much for just this this beautiful time here, Lord God. And God, I just pray, Lord God, in your mighty power, Lord God, for the person who is about to give up right now in this room and watching, Lord God, for that person, Lord God, that they would look to you, Lord, and just as it says in the scriptures, that they would mount up on wings of eagles, Lord God, and soar because they put their hope in you, God that they didn't put their hope in their own strength. They didn't put their hope in their own connections. They put their hope in you, Lord God, because you have provided that strength, God. And we need that strength, Lord God. This holiday season can be such a beautiful time, but it also could be a time of devastation, Lord. It could be painful. But God, we put our hope in you with a thankful heart, knowing that you're faithful, knowing that no matter what, we can look to you, Lord. And God, I pray for the person that's about to give up, Lord God. I pray that you surround them, Lord God. You surround them with others, Lord God, that will encourage them, Lord. That will give just a a good health to their bones, Lord God. That would build them up and not break them down, Lord. God, we just trust in you, Lord God. And we put our hand in your hand, knowing that you know our struggles, Lord God. Because as we put our hand in yours, Lord God, we recognize that you know us, Lord God. Help us to know you, Lord. Help us to know you, Lord God. Search within us, Lord God. Help us to know you, Lord. I pray over this congregation as we leave this place, Lord God, as we engage in our Monday business, Lord God, that we would bring hope, Lord God. There would be a, like a wave of hope, Lord God, that would just come into different places, a whole wave of hope that would just come in, Lord God, to our families and our workplaces, Lord God, that the testimonies we have of your past faithfulness, Lord God, would overwhelm the hearts that hear it, Lord God, and that they would turn to you in Jesus' name, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Lord. God, we thank you. We love you, Lord God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for putting your hope in us to power us, Lord God. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he give you mercy all the days of your life. Amen. Merry Christmas.